Welcome to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. Change the culture and the politics will follow. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am so pleased to introduce you to someone that you really need to have as a speaker at your next pro-life event. This is part of our series of speaker introductions for the new Love Times 2 Project Speakers Bureau. And if you're wondering why we're talking about this in November, it's because if you have a spring or summer event coming up, now is the time to get your pro-life speakers locked in. There's no need to sweat it if you book your speaker now. Whether it's a fundraising dinner, a reception, a rally, a church event, a conference, or even a school event, we have speakers who can cover it all at a cost that is not going to drain you. And today's guest can do every one of those events that I just mentioned and a whole lot more as well. He's a longtime friend and someone that I highly recommend personally as a speaker, Peter Heck. Hey, Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Mike. That was very kind and uh, it's great to be here. Well, hey, I see from your bio at peterheck.com and, and folks go there, peterheck.com, and you can learn a whole lot more about Peter and, and a lot of the different resources that he has available, read some of his blogs and so forth. But uh, just condensing down what I see at your uh, at your website, I see that you're the lead opinion writer for Not the Bee. What's Not the Bee? For those who don't know what it is, what is Not the Bee? Well, actually, it was uh, the project started as the Babylon Bee, and then Not the Bee is the offshoot of that. So, of course, most folks are aware by now of of the Babylon Bee and the you know the satire site that it is. Well, one of the things that we all noticed over there was there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of actual news happening today that you would see the headline and think it has to be satire, but in fact, it's not. It's it's things uh, there are things that are actually occurring uh, in the culture, and so Not the Bee is kind of the uh, the uh, ugly uh, brother of the of the Babylon Bee that you know you enjoy reading the headlines and laughing at Babylon Bee but then you go over to not the bee and think my gosh this stuff is really happening in our culture so uh, that's that's what that website is about and um, been writing there now for about three or four years and um, it's uh, it's sometimes frustrating everything that's going on in the culture but you try to do it um, and and keep the joy in your heart and and laugh and keep your sense of humor and that's what we try to do. Well, you know, in addition to your role with Not the Bee, I see that you've had opinions published in the Washington Times, Washington Post, USA Today, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, plus you produce a daily podcast, and you write books, and you speak around the country, and you have this full-time ministry job, and then I actually see that you have a wife and three kids. So the next question is, when do you sleep? Well, actually, not a lot, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> it's uh, It's... <laughs> I really enjoy all of those things, and um, and I don't I I don't know when people say, well, how do you balance all of them? I do my best, and sometimes some days are better than others, but um, certainly they all uh, they they kind of intermingle with one another. Um, you know, ministry ties in with speaking at pro life events uh, because the, the pro life ministry is being the hands and the feet of Jesus in uh, in a dying culture, and so in many ways there's overlap there and. And so uh, maybe that's how I would best answer that question as far as managing those things. Um, I, I just feel called in in trying to help Christians uh, to see what they can do uh, to uh, to live faithfully in a faithless culture. Yeah. So, you know, you've spoken a lot 
at conferences, at, at different types of events, dinners, churches, all that kind of stuff. Are there any, when you think back, and I know you've done a ton of them, but are there any like uh, favorite conferences or events that just stick out to you as some that, you know, those were just like mountaintop experiences for you? Well, it's one of the reasons why I'm excited about this project, because by far uh, my favorite events um, not not counting the you know the teaching ministry that I have at a church, obviously that that's critical stuff and it's stuff that I love and the whole. And there's no substitute for the local church. I mean that's what that was Jesus's idea, so you're not going to beat it. But when it comes to outside events uh, that I do, there's nothing that I love more than pregnancy resource centers and pro life causes. Uh, And I don't know if that's just a a personality thing with me, but to me, it resonates. That's such an important critical issue and uh, never more so than it is in the culture today. And I I can look back on, I did a keynote at the CareNet annual banquet, which is, for those that, that aren't familiar CareNet's kind of the uh, the overarching umbrella organization for a lot of pregnancy resource centers around the country and usually I've gone there uh, on a yearly basis and done a workshop and they had me do a keynote uh, and just the the response from folks and when you're when you're among brothers and sisters and and folks that um, see the world as you do uh, it's an encouragement and an affirmation and um, that that whole hall the spirit of the Lord was there and it was just it was just a really cool experience yeah that's that sounds really awesome now I know that uh, when I've seen you speak and on your podcast and so forth, um, really uh, what I hear from you is what we talk a lot about on this podcast. And we talk a lot about culture being upstream from politics. And yeah. I just see it so consistently where so much of whether you want to call it the Christian or conservative community or, or mix it all together, whatever you want. But I see the focus is on downstream and the upstream is where it's really happening at because it's always upstream from politics. Where do you see our culture at right now? Well, that's one of the things people get so frustrated with um, uh, their choices at the ballot box. And um, they always talk about, well, it's, I just, I, I don't know what to do. Well, the solution to that politicians are going to reflect where the culture is. And what we have right now is a culture that is overrun uh, with uh, we can call it by all sorts of names, but it's moral relativism is what it is. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. It's Satan putting uh, uh, putting this thought in our heads that we can be gods of our own universe. And whether it's in a public school classroom or whether it's um, uh, in in conversations in the culture, on the podcast, and writing books and doing interviews, you see it everywhere that um, ultimately we believe that we're capable of making right and wrong for ourselves. It's funny. You, you tell the story um, and, and talk to people about things that the ancient Greeks did, where they would form their own god. They would get a piece of rock and they would build the god that they wanted. And we shake our heads at that and say, well, how silly is that? But that's exactly what our culture does. Now, we don't have the actual physical rock, but we say things like, well, the God that I serve, he wouldn't do this, or the God that I serve wouldn't have a problem with a woman exercising her right to choose or fill in the blank. And what we're doing right there is we're shaping and forming and molding a rock that we want to then bow down and worship. And that's, you can call that whatever you want to call it, uh, but it's it's humanism. It's man at the center. It's man worshiping himself. 
And I just believe, I just know that there's a better way. And as much as we may think that being gods of our own little universe is going to work out well for us and we're going to be happy, uh, the testimony of humanity tells us something completely different. And so that's, no, it's not at all. Yeah. So you've written a lot of books and most of them touch on that subject in one way or the other. Do you have a favorite of the books that you've written? Do you have one that you're like, yeah, that's my favorite? Okay, well, typically it's the one that you wrote most recently. That, that's what everybody says um, because you're wanting people to grab it. But honestly, uh, there was one that it. Uh, this is going to sound cliche. It's going to sound like I'm being melodramatic, but it it truly did change my life. And that was it took a year. But and I know so many other people and great apologists have done it. But I called it the surest thing on earth, and it was the evidence for and the reliability of the scripture, how I can know that that book that I'm holding in my hand that says Holy Bible on it, how I can know that it is the authoritative word of God and it's been transmitted through the generations reliably. And there again, there's so many great sources out there. I didn't, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but to put it in an understandable way that people can wrap their minds around. And I get chills when I think about some of those there's the only word for it is miraculous coincidences, miraculous uh, realities of scripture that, that I've always overlooked in my life until I did this. And man, when it hits home that this is the word of God, I just, it's overwhelming to me. And, uh, and, and, and again, it reinforces why that is such a better foundation, such a much firmer foundation. And as I said in the title of the book, it's the surest thing that we have here on earth to base our lives around. Hey, we're talking to Peter Heck. You can learn more about him at peterheck.com. Also, he's part of the Love Times 2 Project Speakers Bureau. He's an author, speaker, highly recommended to come in for your next pro-life event. So I know he's a busy guy, so you'll want to check into booking him soon. Uh, and you can find all of our speakers at lovetimes2.org slash speakers. Uh, Peter, do you have any new projects that are on the horizon, something in the hopper right now? Yeah, I do. I've actually got a book that I'm working on. Um, it's kind of funny how it was through Not the Bee uh, that I got in touch with a literary agent. And um, so I'm working on a book that the working title right now is called Rebellious. And it's just about um, Christians being the rebels of society. And it, it sounds funny because you think Christians are the ones that, you know, we abide by the rules and we, we do what we're supposed to. But doing that, honoring your marriage vows and, and all of those things, that is rebellious rebellious in an ungodly culture. So that's going on. And then a sermon series that I had done that pretty much lasted nine months. Uh, we are working on putting that into um, uh, resources that people can grab and do for small group studies and things like that. So in all of our free time, uh, that's what Jenny and I are working on. Okay. Yeah. All that free time that you have. Well, you should have yes. that in a few weeks. Uh, we can look forward to that coming out. But um, yeah. Here's a question I have for you. Uh, okay. I've seen a lot of speakers, and uh, just honestly, I can tell when a speaker is just mailing it in. By that, I mean a speaker who is yeah. just knowing verbatim everything that that speaker has said for five or ten years sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I saw this back in, you know, 2014 or something. But when I see you speak, I always notice that there's a spark, there's a fire. You can't fake that as a speaker. You really can't. Uh, what pumps you up about speaking to an audience? 
I, I, it is just a passion of mine and I know exactly what you're talking about. I've, I've emceed enough banquets and sat there and sometimes have wondered this doesn't have what I'm hearing doesn't have anything to do with what this event or organization is. And it's frustrating because you know, the people that have organized that event, they are wanting someone to come in and be focused on what their mission is and, and talk to the people who, who are attending about that mission. And, and I, for one, professionally, uh, to me, that's tacky. But number two, the events that I go to, I'm, I'm speaking there because I firmly believe in those causes and I wouldn't go if I didn't. And so if that's not something that you can uh, uh, script or write or cater to uh, the specific, the, the specific, uh, huh? the specific things that uh, that organization is, is desiring, well, then you don't really have any business going there uh, because you're there to be a servant. And I, and I just, that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, the thought of serving people who are acting as the hands and the feet of Jesus um, in in the culture, man, I just there's nothing I enjoy doing more than that. And and also to encourage folks because this can be a very depressing culture. And that's one of the things that I always want to do. I want to make people laugh and um, you, you know use humor, but at the same time be very poignant in in what you're addressing and. Uh, use both of those things uh, to be as engaging as possible and, and make the event worthwhile for those that brought you in. Yeah. And what you're describing there is really uh, what the Love Times 2 Project Speakers Bureau, everybody that is listed as a speaker is someone who's going to list uh, or listen, I should say, to the host and listen to what your event is and prevent, you know, provide a professional presentation that's going to hit the mark of what you're requesting. And, you know, the Again, I've just seen speakers that, and some very, very well-paid speakers. Right. That exactly what you said. They they just have their set agenda. I don't know how else to put it. And we'll go off on something that's not even relevant. And then you know, and, and you can look over the audience and see people's eyes kind of glazing over a little bit. And that's not what we want to do. We want to provide speakers that are going to come into an event and and do it at an affordable price. Do it something that is something that's going to meet the needs of that event uh, and really hit that sweet spot and not just, oh, we just want to get speakers booked because that's, that's not the deal. We, that's, that's not what we want to be. We want to be someone who is coming in and serving these ministries and, and really sharing what these ministries are, are asking for their event. So here's just a couple I, more questions. Go I, ahead. I was just going to say, it, it, to, to tie into what you're saying, I understand that there are organizations that they will bring in a, a big name speaker and pay the higher price because they know that people will attend. And that's fine. I, if that's what you want to do, that's more than fine. But what, what you often see with those things, people are there to see the speaker, maybe get a picture with that individual, but they're not motivated because of, of the cause. And what, what I want to do is to go, even if people don't have any idea who I am, and I want them to be there because of the cause, and I want them to be inspired and motivated to involve themselves in, in this issue and involve themselves in the organization and what they're doing. And to me, that's the goal and that's the objective uh, that any speaker should have. And so sitting down and writing something that is new, uh, that is catered to that, that, that's part of the process. That's part of what is so fun about doing these events. So I guess um, I, I, I really, it's one of the things that drew me to this organization because that's, to me, the way it should be. 
Well, you know, a, a lot of folks out there sort of look at different social issues, if you want to put it that way, and kind of put them in boxes and say, okay, well, there's that that issue, there's that issue, and all these other things. And But we come to the value of human life. Um, why is the value of human life critically fundamental to our culture today? Right, because outside, without a right to life, no other rights exist. It, it's You go to the Declaration of Independence when the Founding Fathers list that we have unalienable rights from our Creator, and they list them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That isn't really random order there. Without life, no other rights exist. And so when we misunderstand the very nature of humanity, life made in the image of God, and that right there makes it unalienable. That right there means no man has the authority to take that away. Then that right there is the most fundamental issue that we can possibly be dealing with as human beings. And the denial of that right is the most serious and grievous uh, offense against uh, the nature of humanity and the nature of God himself. And so I cannot, if you can come up with an issue that is uh, of more importance than that, uh, I'm all ears, but I cannot fathom how there could be. Yeah. One more question. I know your schedule is really tight here, but um, what gives you hope in a world that we all know just by looking at our newsfeed seems like it's just going crazy right now. What gives you hope every morning? John 14. Every morning when Jesus says to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I know our reaction is to say, how can it not be? Have you not watched the news, Jesus? Do you not know? And, and yet we know that nothing that's happening is surprising God. And we know even knowing that the culture would be like it is right now, he chose to put you and me here for this time, for this place. And he did that for a reason, uh, because he's trusting us to be faithful. And when he goes on and says, in my father's house, there's many rooms, if that were not so. In other words, what can man possibly do to me that takes away that promise of after a life of faithful service, I have a mansion that's waiting for me uh, where I'll live with my Savior forever. I, there's nothing man can possibly do uh, that can take that joy and, and promise away. It's stored up where moths and, and thieves can't break in and steal and moths can't destroy. And that right there, um, that's it. That's, that's what the motivation is for any circumstance that life throws at you. The promise of John 14 is, uh, is going to overcome it. Hey, that's that's good stuff. And yeah, if you're listening in on this podcast today, you might have been hanging in here wondering, I, I don't know why I'm listening to this interview. I, I don't host events. I have nothing to do with any events. We're never going to host a speaker. It's not my thing. Uh, maybe what you just heard is exactly why God had you tuned into this pod podcast today. So, hey, Peter, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Love it, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to in today. If you'd like to learn more about Peter Heck or any of our great speakers, uh, just jump over to the lovetimes2.org slash speakers, and you're going to find all that you need, including an easy form to request a speaker. What makes us different from the big guys is that we're going to connect you directly to the speaker that, that you're interested in, and then you can communicate with the speaker to work out arrangements whenever possible. It's going to save you a ton of money, and you're going to find a really great speaker. That's lovex2.org slash speakers. Check that out today if you're having an event coming up in the spring or the summer. Never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of the Love Times 2 Project. 
Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And never forget, change the culture and the politics will follow.